This is Big Girl Pants Podcast, episode 51. Hi! Welcome to Big Girl Pants Podcast, where we're here to talk about women, health, power, and wealth. Hosted by April Melton and Kimberly Shapiro. We are real women with real jobs doing real life. We as women know what it feels like to try to be super mom, super fit, wrinkle free, all the while climbing the corporate ladder. Sound, Sound familiar? Then this show is for you. So stay tuned. Okay. Hello. Hi. Episode 51. Episode 51. So exciting. Yeah. yeah. I'm um, just a preliminary little notification. A PSA for everyone. Losing, losing my voice again. Thank so you. So I'm going to let April run with this one today. But we do have a guest and we're so excited to have you here. Yes. Thank you for having Thank me. you for coming. Patrick Benoit. Yeah. That's, I said that right, Ooh, right? I like Absolutely that. Absolutely proper. Yes. Say it again. Patrick Benoit. It makes Benoit. me sound better than I am, I think. It's French, I right? Like it. It's French. Yes, yes, yeah. Yes. I like it. Yeah. So, Patrick, how did you guys meet? Uh, well, we were at a networking event, mm-hmm. and uh, one of our common friends uh, introduced us, and mm. uh, we got chatting and had uh, lots of good things to chat about. And yeah, really enjoyed it. And Talked about a multitude of things. Oh man, we just in all that over brief the map. twenty minutes. All over yeah, the map. this one here never meets a stranger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank well, you. And I've never met a subject I can't talk about. So I love it. <laughs> And it works. But yeah, so we met at a um, cybersecurity event. Uh, Patrick is a CISO um, who is currently in the job market. Which stands for? Chief Information Security Officer, um, which they work... It's hard, right? Because it's they not that hard. Let's well, break it yeah, down. Well, it's not that hard, but a lot of people don't understand what a CISO does mm-hmm. and who the CISO reports well, to. A lot sure. of people are under the impression that the CISO reports to the CIO, but in reality, you guys are working as like side by side. I'm actually going to take take that a step back. Yeah, a lot of people don't know what a CISO is, right? Much right. less even know how to right. know who they report to. Yeah, I guess she's walking around this morning going CISO, CISO. I'm like, what are we talking about? <laughs> it's just commonplace. Yeah, it's commonplace for me because I'm an yeah, IT like, staff. Yeah, like it is not common. Place, right. but it's commonplace for your world. Yeah, sure. And and, yeah. and, and actually, it's it, it is uh, it's a maturing role. Yeah. So it hadn't been around. Yeah. Uh, I think the first CISO recognized is maybe 1998. Okay. Time frame. Um, so 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's relatively maybe. new. Yeah. Um, and and you see the progression of that role coming from larger companies first, yeah. large banks, and Makes starting sense. to filter its way down. Yeah. There's still. Lots and lots and lots of companies, small to mid-sized, that just don't even have that role. Well, and I read somewhere recently that security and risk and all of that is like the new, like, that's what kids going to school for right now need to be getting into because it's it's mm. kind of an unleveraged field Lo- right now. Lots of new uh, oh, cybersecurity yeah. programs coming oh, out. Oh, yeah. Such yeah. Like that. Certification programs, mm-hmm. yeah. um, education programs. And honestly, like, even in cyber, like, people who maybe work in IT now can go and get certified um, there's a bunch of different credentials, right, that they can get, that they can essentially enter the workforce. They don't even have to go to college for it. Got you. And in a nutshell, mm-hmm. how would you tell the average person, not not necessarily your elevator mm-hmm. pitch, a little bit more broad, what it is you do? So, so there's really two general sides to being a chief information security officer. And in a lot of cases, we do report to the CIO. In a lot of cases, we might report to the CFO or we might report to a chief risk officer. And those everybody kind of knows what those jobs are. Um, but the two sides are there's a side that is oriented towards governance, risk, and compliance. Mm-hmm. So what are the policies? How do we assess the potential risk of doing something? Okay. And how do we ensure that we're complying with our own rules? Okay. And and for everyone listening to, like, this is pretty much for every organization, because you have to think yes. about it this way, too. Like, every company out there now is now a tech company. Like, 
the internet is the future yes. of everything. Yes. So like when you say the risk of something or governance or compliance, it's pretty much all on the internet. It is. And, and although a CISO may be more focused towards the risks of cybersecurity and mm -hmm. how, or, or data protection, how it impacts a company's enterprise risk, we're really talking about the whole enterprise. So it could mm -hmm. be how's the reputation impacted, you know, how are you impacted legally with liability, how are your revenues impacted, and so forth. Yeah. Oh. So that's whole one whole side of, of the CISO's role is to be that that advisor and that uh, guide and, and leader in that space, um, helping the business make the right decisions to if support revenue. The, and it's really, if there was a problem, this is what we would do. Yeah. So we can use one of my... Um, Former now, since I have a new job. Oh my gosh, I want to hear all about that. <laughs> um, one of my former clients, we can use him as an example. I won't name his name or sure. his company, but um, so essentially he came to me and uh, he had just taken a new role, uh, the SVP of, I can't remember what it was, but something in IT. And he calls me and he says, we got hit with ransomware. And he had literally no idea what to do, who to call, mm -hmm. where to go. Right. And his entire company's information and data was um, breached. Right. Wow. Right. So then in that, like in that situation, so let's, you know, I'm contracting a lot of IT people where mm -hmm. a lot of people don't understand that IT and cyber security are different. They're separate. Like, whereas these people are overseeing infrastructure network, stuff like that. You're really like your main focus is security. So what does that mean? If like, what are the types of risks or threats oh, that could happen like to an organization. Or yeah. Blackout or something. Yeah, right. So you, you like all those terms. Like what does that even mean? <laughs> yeah. So you, you slipped over into that other side, which we talked about governance risk compliance. Yeah. And the other side of the coin is really uh, kind of the engineering and ops side mm -hmm. of things, which we're talking about um, much like if you view your house, how do we secure the perimeter? It could be physical security in some cases. It could be administrative controls. Like we're going to make sure that we, you really are who you are when we hire you, that right. you're not under fake credentials gotcha. or something yeah. like that. It could be um, you know, limiting access and, and, and how people log in and log out, making sure when they leave that they we take away their logins. Making sure they don't have passwords on post-it notes on their monitors. Exactly. That part of security awareness, making sure what? that we only... I, I don't, I don't do, I've never done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, but where I'm am I worst. supposed to remember my passwords? I don't yeah. know how to do this. Well, yeah. and I know uh, you, you work in, in the uh, talent acquisition uh -huh. side of the things too. So it would be uh, making sure people have proper access to their role. Yeah. So you really have no reason to have access to the profit and loss and the financials of the company. Well, I do because I'm responsible for them. Okay. Yeah. You have a dual role. So yes. that's okay. Yes, yes, yes. Um, April probably doesn't nope. have that role. Nope. So she has no reason to have access yeah. to that. Um, neither one of you would have any reason to have access to the security tools or the firewalls or right. no. uh, or identity management kind right. of things. Yeah. So that's that whole side of that. Now, the, the threats, mm -hmm. the things that we're worried about, yeah. come in so many forms, it's just hard to even begin to, to, to name. The ones you hear about a lot, obviously, malware, yeah. you know, viruses. Oh, what yeah. does malware mean? M malicious. Like, malware. Oh, malicious. See, I'm so telling have, you. Look at hardware. all the things you we don't know this learning stuff. today. <laughs> <laughs> so you have hardware, software, firmware, you know, what, yeah. malware. So malicious, okay. malicious uh, software is, is effectively what it is. Okay. And it could form, come in the form of ransomware, which yeah. you mentioned, yeah. which just means we're going to encrypt your hard drive. We're, we're going to ask own, you for money. We're going to own the, the, the password and not give you the key to de-encrypt it so you can't read it. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to make you give us money until you in, in, to get that back. Right. Uh -huh, okay. 
So now you basically get into the law enforcement side too, where you start talking about is this is a hostage situation. Right. Uh-huh. So do, you pay, do you pay yeah. them or not? Right. Well, yeah. Do you pay them or not? Right. Uh, do you have insurance now? This and what is does your insurance place. cover? What does it cover? What does it not? Because was was uh, the data breach responsible from within your yeah. organization or was it external? Like yeah. all that. So, I was talking to someone yesterday, and he works for Gartner, <laughs> and he was telling me that there was a company that they were kind of consulting for, that the uh, one of their HR people got an email, and I'm using air quotes, email from the CEO asking for like an entire list of employees' social security numbers. Oh, wow. And of course, she's like, this is the CEO. Like, of course I'm going to respond and send all these social security numbers through an email. It was a phishing email. Mm-hmm. So the data breach actually happened within the organization. Well, the organization tried to go to insurance and say, uh, well, it's a data breach and you guys are supposed to cover us. They're like, your HR person sent it. Like we're not we're, we're not liable for yeah. that. We're not covering that. We so, don't cover in, in, we don't cover negligence or yeah. insider threat. But in it's many like cases, and yeah. I mean and what do you do at that point? Like you know we're not HR, but we don't like we don't know that type of stuff either. I mean I did get one from our CEO recently that was it wasn't asking for social security numbers, but it was asking for some personal information. First thing I did was pick up the phone and call him and say this is exactly. right interesting. Is this right. Like, Precisely what you should. Yeah. Do. Did you well, and I feel this? like that HR person like. I f- every phishing email because before we got, before my former company got acquired, I got a couple of those that were from the CEO. The CEO never sends me emails. That's what so see, I'm like. I, yeah, I right. Never. That's yeah. the red it's flag. A right. Yeah. And then like at that point too, when I received those emails, there was always something off, like the email address or the return or whatever, something. like something. So I feel like maybe that HR person was just overwhelmed by the fact that the CEO sent her an email. Or him, sorry, didn't want to assume gender there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, or, like, maybe she just didn't pay attention to all of the details to see whether or not it actually was from the CEO. Well, and you've slipped into kind of the, an area that's, uh, you brought up two cool points. Is, is One is, well, security awareness is a huge aspect of the CISO's role. Is yeah. to, to make sure that people understand these kind of things. What you're talking about really are, are specific forms of phishing. Everybody knows mm-hmm. about phishing. Yeah. But, and, and this is an example, in my opinion, where... Um, uh, as a as a trade, as a career, we, we tend to make up new terms so that it sounds cool and yeah. we're very special, <laughs> right? Elusive. So what you just talked about really is called business uh, email compromise. Oh, okay. it, it's a spear phishing okay. because we're going after a specific, specific thing. Yeah. yeah. Now, if we're going after something really big, sometimes they'll call it whaling. You oh. know, so uh, that's just made up terms to make it sound cool. But yeah. the bottom line is um, too many companies often do security awareness by saying, oh, you have to do this annual um, online training, <laughs> and that's really they're just trying to check a box for compliance. Right, mm-hmm. right. See, when I build out a program like that, I do that. That's a requirement, obviously. Right. But then we do things like we have monthly security days, <clears throat> and so uh, and 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 I would make myself and staff available to do um, online uh, like Slack channel, ask me anything sessions. Yeah. Or, and um, teach courses and, and you know, uh, go around and have meetings and teams and talk about different things. Share information about security in your home, yeah. not just in the business, but right. in your home. Right. 
So, so you can take it into like all aspects of your life. Well, and then and, people engage a little more well, and they're starting to think about, would start to think about it a little exactly. more. And that's like what the guy said yesterday, the one that worked for Gartner. He was like, if you gamify things, then people are more interactive. Yes. And if mm-hmm. you keep it short and sweet, like 10 to 15 minutes, and you make it into a game, then they start to understand and they're interacting with it. So they continue, they can take it with them as opposed to sitting, listening to a lecture <laughs> for 45 minutes about why cybersecurity is so important yeah. for our company. Yeah. Like. And you can get super creative that? with that too. We had a we had a program because one of the things you'll do too is you want to uh, you have clean desk policy where you want to make sure people aren't putting their passwords up on their desk right. kind of thing. What? And so uh, to to enforce that, we have security champions in offices. Okay. And so April, you're so my security champion police. in the Dallas office. <laughs> and and it could be an administrative uh, assistant, it could be a salesperson, marketing, whoever it is that volunteers for that extra duty. Yeah. And then once a month or you know every three weeks or something like that on their own randomly they do a kind of a walk around the office and look for oh ooh, that's not good oh oh you shouldn't have done that right and they'll leave them a little note that's uh, actually we used to do it in the form like soccer we'd leave them a yellow card ooh. that just says oh you know we found something that wasn't right right come no come talk <laughs> to me no we don't want to do it with fear right or with punishment so come talk to me a uh, security champion, and let me explain to you what I did, what you did wrong. Yeah, okay. And we keep track of that yeah. so that we can have some metrics to work off of. Sure. But then when they come in, explain what they did wrong, and hopefully they don't do it again. Yeah. And and, and if they do that, like three get three yellow cards in 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 a year, then we used to give them a red card. Say, well, a red card is you're not listening to what we're telling you. Right. Obviously. You're not listening to the awareness. We need to help you uh, get a little better at that. So we want you to. You know, either have a one-on-one training with us yeah. or hold a special training or retake the online training or whatever, that's, that's an easy way to gamify. Yeah. yeah. So what are, what are like the top three most common things that you see by that impl- infractions that employees make that is n- unsafe or that can potentially put the company, like compromise the company's security? Well, I, I think the biggest, biggest is clicking on stuff you shouldn't click on. You know, okay. that, that's going to bite you every time. Um, virtually all breaches... All uh, attacks like that, where where you get breached, have some form of somebody did something not right um, that allowed them to get in. Mm. Because even if they get in, they still have to have gotten in usually with some kind of password, somebody's right. credentials, which means somebody hit a phishing email yeah. and they clicked, or they got a credentials uh, on somebody's desk or whatever else. And then in order for them to really do anything, they have to be able to... We, we say escalate their privilege. They have mm. to be able to become an administrator. Right. Because April doesn't have the authority to go do a whole lot besides on her own computer. Uh-huh. Right. So where do you go if all you can do is on your own computer? Yeah. So that's the number one thing is be very aware of what you're clicking. You know, who did it come from? Read those domain names. Yeah. There's a, yes, the domain names. They like, will those buy were up wrong. and yeah. change one letter. One letter. You know, like instead of an L in a name, they'll put an I. Oh, okay. But and, a capital I yeah, or whatever. And, and yeah. you can't see it without looking. Right. Yeah. So those are the kinds of things we teach people to look at. That's number one. Number two is not controlling your passwords and stuff like that. And then like, you know, when so and for most computers now, they automatically will cache your passwords. Like they'll save it only if you tell it to, and right. that's the that's other thing. Is so don't tell, click don't it. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, tell oh. it not to save your yeah. passwords. Instead, what everybody should be doing, and if your company doesn't have one, you should recommend that they think about it. Is um, we ought to give our employees um, password managers. Okay. So a password manager is just kind of a big database. Yeah. Encrypted, so nobody can read it. 
um, that you can then store all your passwords and use them in a copy and paste kind of scenario in, in your different, uh, wherever you need right. those passwords. And, and that comes to the point of you should never use the same password for two different accounts. Right. Ever, ever, ever. Yeah. So, like, as <laughs> Wait, an example, what? I probably have, I don't know, five or 600 passwords in my password manager. But because your password manager is encrypted, they're safe. Well, they, they would have to break that encryption. And we're using the highest level of encryption that's, yeah. that's you know, on the marketplace right now. Um, so that's a big deal. And it's so much easier, too. I don't have to think about what my passwords were. Yeah. Whenever I want to log in someplace, I just open my password manager, which, by the way, keeps synchronized between my laptops, yeah. my tablets, yeah. and my phone. That's yeah. nice. And I open it up, and boom, there it is. Yeah. And if it's a if it's a situation where my wife needs access to those passwords, then she can get access to those too. We talk about if somebody's in an accident, or you know, yeah. uh, God forbid, passes away, or whatever. You know, you're left with no access to yeah. all these accounts. There's another side benefit to that. Yeah. That's yeah. True. So, so and then okay, the third thing. What's the third? Thing? Uh, you know, the third thing is just not paying attention to your surroundings and not being physically aware of who's around you. So mm. people looking over your shoulder while you're at Starbucks, uh, you signing into the uh, wireless at Starbucks as an example. Yeah. Uh, for any free I wireless that this morning, and not yeah. turning on your VPN. Yeah. If it's a company asset, yeah. you should definitely Always. have a VPN. Yeah. If it's a personal asset, you probably should think about getting a VPN. I have it on my phone. What does that stand for? Uh, virtual private network. So okay. it's a piece of software that will... Um, from your device to wherever you're connecting, the internet connection, the, yeah. the website. Or well, it creates a tunnel. Okay. And it encrypts all the traffic in that tunnel. So if somebody is doing, again, technical terms, made up technical terms, man in the middle attack, if they're trying to intercept your traffic yeah. and then out of it extract something that can help them yeah. uh, attack you, yeah. they, they can't see it now. They can see the encrypted traffic. But now they have to spend a bunch of time decrypting it. And normally they won't invest that amount of time no, for they'll go like, for something easier. Exactly, exactly. So when you when it pops up and it says that you're at Starbucks and it says, is this a safe network? Are you home, public? It gives you all those options. Yeah. What could happen to somebody if they click home? Like, yep, I'm in a safe place, but you're yeah. not. If you tell it in a safe place and you don't put a VPN on, then it's really easy for anybody to be sitting anywhere there in Starbucks and actually grab your traffic off the off the air. And, and what does that mean, traffic? Which means uh, like, let's your, say we're, whatever you're wherever sending. you're going. Yeah. So you're going to Facebook or you're yeah. going to Instagram or you're checking your email or you're checking your bank account or you're doing whatever. They can basically get in there. There's all this binary, all this data that's going back and forth between your device and wherever you're communicating. Okay. And they can intercept that and then analyze that data and oh, by the way, if you're signing into someplace yeah. and it wasn't a secured connection, yeah. they can get your login and password in plain text, and then they can just take that and go login and password, take your stuff. And um, how often is this happening? Every day. That's all a good the time. question. All the time. All the time. All the time. Yeah, yeah. All the time. Everywhere you go. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, yeah. the, the, the risk is there's Wi-Fi everywhere. everywhere. You go to the grocery store, Wi-Fi. Go to Target, Wi-Fi. Starbucks, Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. Go to a restaurant, Wi-Fi. Like, mm -hmm. it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. And of course they want you to log in because they want your information. They want you to they want to know who's logging into their network so they so that they can collect the data and then use the data to market to you. Yeah. Which is essentially what companies are paying for now too. And that's a perfect example too of where we're we're um, trading convenience for security. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so 
that's a great convenience that we have Wi-Fi everywhere. For sure. And and, and I wouldn't it. trade that for anything. Yeah. But now you've got to step up how you control your security yeah. to make sure that you're not violated. So how do you protect your cell phone? Uh, well, well, first of all, you know, a virus protection is, is a good and start. Is, our, do our phones come with virus protection? <clears throat> not no. always. Some do, some don't. Okay. And, and there are apps. You know, all the, the popular virus protection people, the Norton, the Norton McAfee, but most Semantics, people they probably all have that. don't have this on their phone. Probably don't. Probably okay. don't. Um, and then, um, you I know, bet you people in cyber do. Yeah. <laughs> VPN and wireless. You know, anytime you're on wireless, that virtual private network application or functionality, uh, some operating systems have it built in. You can get a third-party application if you want. Um, and then the other is uh, controlling the access to your device. So if it gives you the opportunity to use password and, and biometrics, that's probably a good thing. If it has an auto-lock screen feature, you should use it. Mm -hmm. You know, If you know you're going to walk away, even if you have a lock screen in one minute and you walk <laughs> away and you leave it signed on, yeah, that's a bad habit. So yeah. automatically click it to go black so that when somebody comes to it, it's asking you to sign mm -hmm. on. Yeah. You know, those are real simple things that you can do to try and protect yourself. Yeah. Wow. So uh, I'm kind of a sitting duck, I feel like. Isn't it crazy? <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. So the podcast that I listened to this morning, mm -hmm. um, it's, I can't remember, what is it called? Goodbye Privacy with Goodbye James Privacy. Azar. Yeah. All right. So they were, so you remember a couple weeks ago when everybody was posting pictures of themselves, how they would look. If they age 30 years. Oh, yeah. Huh? Okay. So that app was called FaceApp. And they found out. So it, I don't know if you heard about it. A couple of days later, everybody was like, oh, my gosh, Russia owns that app. So now they know what we're going to look like in 30 years. And they're using it. I'm serious. 100%. Well, what, what is that? Like, they know what we're going to look like. So. Right. But it's more of like for facial recognition and also privacy. And I, like, I wanted to talk to you. I wanted to bring that up and talk to you about that because that was like a big thing. In social media, everybody's yeah. like, oh, my gosh, look what I'm going to look like in 30 years. But they didn't understand that essentially this company now owns your data and all the photos that you took and gave to that app mm -hmm. and what that means for another country to have that information. Yeah, because that, all those apps will pop up and say, oh, we need access to your contacts. We need access to your photos. Oh, we yeah. need whatever the case is. And yeah. if you hit allow, 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 you just gave them access to your data. Did you ever see the South Park episode where they were talking about like the terms no. and conditions Sorry. from Apple? Oh, terms oh, and conditions are horrendous. That's a whole nother topic. Oh, my God. And but in yes. fact, James talks about that. In yeah. Goodbye, this, we'll this talk about that yeah. after this. But, but yeah. I want to go back to, you know, Kim, Kimberly made the point was who cares what right. they know what we look at. Well, but that's what everybody said. The big new, you know, you've heard of personally identifiable information. Mm -hmm. So let's think about this. If you have an iPhone, um, most of the, the newer iPhones are going to all facial recognition. Right. Okay. That's how you get in. So if you just went to face app and it was, let's, if it was a malicious, a truly malicious app, uh, which is unproven right now, but the, it's be, up in the air. Yeah. Um, you just gave them your facial recognition and that's how you get in your phone i mean okay but they have to find me and get my phone and like i well they don't have to find you because all they gotta do is go online and research you and find you real easy I yeah mean, that's i don't know it just seems now, like very far-fetched you're thinking there's nothing that they want from you that may be true but N not necessarily you know. i mean i like my you're life. like i'm really important <laughs> i i matter I, I they like want to know who life. i am no i just i think Gosh, what are the odds that, yeah, okay, they've got my face, 
in Russia, but now they got to come. But just, not even in Russia. It's a Russian-owned company that's based out of Florida. Yeah. And these hacker groups work all over the world. And, and they don't even, they don't have to, yeah. I mean, they could be next door. Yes, exactly. Like, it, could be. it doesn't even, yeah, it, but it's a Russian-owned so company. So tell me this. Do you have a, a, a security system on your house? Yes. Okay. And do you post the signs out that say, yes. we have a security system? Yes. Why do you do that? So people know. That's right. Yeah. And why do you want people to know? So they won't break in? Because <laughs> when the bear runs in the camp... I don't have to outrun the bear. I just have to outrun you. Yeah. So you want them to walk up to your house and say, oh, my oh, God, I don't, want to. I don't want to do that. That's too much effort. Let me go next door. They don't have one. Yeah. And this is this is the same kind of principle with, you know, well, okay, if you want to give them your face, that's fine. But do you? Yeah. Like, Maybe, what are the odds? Yeah. Probably and I don't not think, great, but yeah. do, you want, do you want the odds? You what want what happens when you're a CEO someday? of uh, a Fortune 50 company, and all of a sudden, you know, you have access to Department of Defense uh, contracts or, you know, uh, intelligence kinds of uh, things that would be a part of national security. And And 20 years ago, you gave them all this biometrics, you gave them information about your life that they can use to social engineer, you've heard that term, social engineer a way to get to you. Mm. Well, and there's also the AI technology right now mm-hmm. where they're basically like, um, I don't remember who it was, but they did it to Joe Rogan where they made a video and they took all of the noises that he makes with his mouth and they simulated words and they turned it into a complete, like a, a fabricated video of him saying a bunch of different oh, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's a huge thing now. Oh, huge. I've seen yeah, that with yeah. holograms even. And yeah. like, they're going to make it where you won't know if the person if it's actually real or not. did it yes. or not. Yeah. Yes, which is yeah, so crazy. Not too long from now, they'll have April standing out there, you know, chewing tobacco and, right. and uh, with a shot, the shotgun the in a rocking chair right. or whatever it is. That you know? is scary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that is scary. But yeah, that's crazy. So and and then the whole concept of doxing, which you may have heard right. that term. No, but yeah. Doxing is the idea that um, somebody malicious, and it doesn't even have to be a hacker, it's just somebody wants to do you harm, finds out everything they can about you. So now they take these pictures you gave them access to, and maybe there's a picture of you on the beach or something like uh-huh. that, or just a full body picture of you. And then they take that, and they Photoshop it, and they modify it. And then they they blast it out to the world and say, "Look, Kimberly just did this, you know, naughty video or whatever." Uh, yeah, and it looks so real. And it looks so real. Most you know, whether people believe it or not, it doesn't matter. The reputation's yeah. done. Yeah, you know? it's perception. And, and that's called doxing. And you 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 know, there's all kinds of different uh, things like that. There's um, you know, swatting where they'll call the police and say, "There's a hostage situation at Kimberly's house," and the police come in and their people have died where people have called in false reports of those kinds of scenarios because they were just trying to get back at somebody. Jilted lover, yeah. you know, fired at Angry work, friend, whatever, whatever the case yeah. is. Wow. So we should just basically live in our bubble. Yeah. I like <laughs> never leave in home. our very protected VPN bubble. Wow. <laughs> well, that's one that's one option on the one extreme. The other extreme is you're completely open and that's not good. So you gotta yeah. find a middle ground. And and sure. I think the middle ground is to protect what you can protect and then again I go back to that um, you know, make yourself less vulnerable than the other people. Yeah. Sure. Make it too hard for them to go for you. Because they won't waste their time. So what about companies like LifeLock and also mm-hmm. like financial institutions that are like 
really, they're getting really, really, really good at recognizing fraud and where someone has like logged into your bank account or taken money or whatever. They're like, okay, like you, you know, let's say you check your bank account and somebody stole $2,000. You call the bank and you're like, Hey, somebody stole $2,000 from me. And they're like, okay, track it, track it, track it. You're right. Somebody stole $2,000 from you. Here's your money back. Like whatever. Like how, like more and more companies are becoming more advanced in that respect. So, like, do you think companies like LifeLock are good? Or, I mean, is it is that is that I, bulletproof? I do. I, no, it's not bulletproof. Nothing's right. bulletproof, and, right. and I do. But it's it's again, it's your own awareness kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, like, I'll get a message uh, pop up anytime over hundred dollars hits my credit card. Right. And, and it's just it's just a, oh oh yeah that's mine. Right. And there'll be sometimes where I'll go. Honey, what oh, did you? Did, was this you? Yeah, <laughs> okay. It doesn't look right, you know. Um, so, so, so that's an important aspect of yeah. it. But the thing to remember about the whole bank and credit card thing, one reason why I try and use credit card versus debit I can versus debit, right, is because the credit card company will, in in a dispute, you're not out that money. Yeah. Right. They take it away from your account. They leave it sitting there until they do the investigation. Yeah. yeah. On a debit where the money's already gone, right. the bank will do the investigation, but they won't put the money back until it's finished, sure. which right. could be 45 to 60 days later. Right. So yeah. you could have difficulty. That's exactly what Cliff told me. Mm-hmm. And uh, he and I were talking about that. And he was like, literally, I only use credit cards. Exactly. I do not use Plus, I like cards. the points. So. That's <laughs> what he said, too. Yeah. 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 The, the, other, any... the other interesting technique, too, is all the all the new phones, and, and please keep your phones relatively current. I'm not saying get the newest, nicest version. Right. But make sure you're always updating your phones, too. Okay. Because most of the vulnerabilities that are out there... It's from antiquated um, are, software? Well, yeah, and they're fixed through patching. Oh. And if you're wow. not updating... So if you're like five years back on a version of your phone... You're, you're like, pretty, I don't have the vulnerable. memory. I have too oh, many wow. pictures. Yeah, I don't they, want to update my software. Then you need to think about it. Yeah, but it's um, like, have you heard of the also phone? <laughs> the, the the pay the pay programs, uh, Apple Pay, Samsung Pay, Venmo, uh, Google Pay, yeah. stuff like that. Well, in Venmo and and PayPal, another Same. separate thing. Yeah, but every place I can, I don't swipe my card. I don't pull my card out of my pocket and swipe my card. I use that's what I've been doing the too. Pay app. Yeah, and part of the reason is the pay app obscures your um, credit card number. So if you'll notice. They'll say it'll have on it if if the if the uh, uh, cashier asks you for the last four year use these last four yeah those aren't the last four year credit card number because it has created a sixteen character credit card number in the app oh and it it uses this fake number so anybody that got that specific transaction got the fake number now when they go and resolve it to the pay uh, payment uh, uh, broker payment provider yeah. They will then switch it to the real credit card number sent at the credit card company. Gotcha. Okay. So you get a little bit of it's a little bit of security, obscurity, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then security by doing stuff like that. So I use that whenever I can. Yeah, me too. And it's biometrically protected. It's right. not like your credit you have to card. use your yeah. thumbprint or whatever. You don't whatever. have to worry yeah. about leaving it somewhere because. God forbid anybody walked away and left their phone somewhere. Nobody does that anymore because they got it. They got to Instagram it or like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. They got to take a selfie. Yeah, you really don't life. do that anymore. <laughs> look, look, I just bought something. Yeah. How safe <laughs> is Venmo and PayPal and yeah. all that stuff? Yeah, yeah. And Zelle and whatever. And, and I can't speak to all of them, but you know the certainly the the larger ones. They're um, they they apply all of the security techniques like you would hope for, and you should look for those things. Are they using multi-factor authentication? Mm. Multi-factor being, um, in, in simple terms, it's something you know. There's 
three, you usually talk about something you know, mm-hmm. something you have, mm-hmm. and something you are, mm. which is the biometrics. Okay. So if you combine any two of those, that's what multi-factor means. Okay. So uh, a lot of people used to think, and, and somebody wouldn't know, they would say, oh, well, I have to sign in twice. That's not multi-factor. That's two things that you know. Yeah. Oh, okay. So if I have to sign in and use a phone, use a token, use uh, some kind of uh, app that gives me a code, an encryption code, yeah. that's two because it's something I know and then something I have to have. Mm. If I have to sign in and use a thumbprint, now it's something I have, something I am. Mm. So look for those things. That's, that's an important aspect. Um, you look for them telling you that they're encrypting all traffic. Okay. If you're on the websites, you look for HTTPS always. Secure. Yeah. yeah. And, and now all of the, uh, the popular browsers, the main, main browsers, will also give you a little uh, lock symbol up there too, yeah. which will tell you if it's a secure connection and if it's a certificate that they, that they know who the, who the vendor is. Okay. Because there is some under-the-covers black magic that goes on, certificates, that basically is like... The site will say, here's who I am, and your browser will say, well, is it really you? And there's some pro- there's a process they go through to yeah. validate that identity. And there's there's companies that are brokers for this va- uh, validated identity. Gotcha. And if, if it's not validated, you're not necessarily sure you're talking to the right place. So those are, are clues. But by and large, yeah, I use PayPal. Um, it can be another obscurity thing yeah because you can connect your credit card to paypal yeah. right uh, as an example and and i can go pay by paypal and it'll go to the credit card right and, and it uh, you know sometimes i don't know the exact rule about when they charge you a fee or when they don't right but sometimes i'm even happy to pay that small fee just because i know i haven't given out my credit card to somebody right gotcha. so and it's kind of under the liability of paypal or using them like using their service and you get double because if you use the like paypal credit card through paypal you can dispute on the credit card yeah and you can dispute with paypal, PayPal. so you get two so two covered. kind of bangs yeah. on that one yeah yeah oh, okay safe sweet yeah yeah there, now you can pay through facebook have you seen that yes, yes. And that's what do you think about that same thing same, same kind of thing okay. i mean all of these big name companies uh uh you know with without presuming too much uh, you have to hope that they're doing the right thing, and you have to look for clues that they're not, yeah. or read if you read about something that they're not. Yeah. Um, but you know, if they if they're not doing the right thing, and anybody finds out they're not, then they're going to get in trouble. Yeah. Uh, hopefully. Yeah. yeah, it's funny how internet and phones and all this has made us like so susceptible to all of this risk or you know bad things mm. happening. But man, can you imagine being without them again? Well, that's true, <laughs> and and with the whole idea of the internet of things, which yeah. is again, another one of those fancy terms we came up with just so that we could sound cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> IOT. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, uh, you know, uh, ring doorbell, perfect example. Yeah. That's great. I love it. I, I just do. use it all the time. It's greatness. And they now have a ring neighborhood. They have a ring what, neighborhood. Yeah. 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 yeah we, we use get that too. updates yeah. all over the yeah. neighborhood. Yeah. And that's all great, but. Is it um, secure? Like, is Ring secure? Do that's they questionable. Have, yeah. You know, because. And what do they use for that? Is it RFID that makes it secure or is that the, just a little, like. No, they're just chip on your. No, there's nothing. That That's just a device. That's like your phone. Right. Connected yeah. to your wireless. Right. So it's running on your wireless network. Right. So if you're using a secure form of, of, of encryption on your wireless network, okay, you're as secure as you can be within wireless. Right. Um, 
but then as soon as it goes to talk outside of your network, yeah, because you know it's got to go up to the web, right? To store video and what have you, yeah. yeah. Well, they are hopefully, and I think they are. <laughs> Uh, I've never researched it, but they are securing that connection between the two HTTPS kind of stuff right. or whatever the underlying protocol they're using. But, but didn't wasn't Target one of the companies that like they got penetrated by an IoT? It was something that, that had to do with their HVAC system or something. Well, it was an HVAC vendor, vendor. and the vendor had laxed security, and oh. because the vendor was connected to Target, yep. they came in through the vendor and then walked their way into Target because it wasn't. Oh. And then got all code. of, you they know, Target's customers' credit card information. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that happened through, like, HVAC. Yeah, yeah. And and, and that's a whole nother, um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, part of that CISO role. And, yeah. the, and the global security privacy office kind of uh, responsibility is right. third-party assurance. So vendor assurance that they're doing the right things to mm. protect yeah. your data and they're not connecting to you and leaving an open door. Right, okay. So before, let's say since 1998, like a lot of companies, you know, a lot a lot of companies saw even IT as a cost center mm-hmm. versus cost savings or, you know, protection or whatever. So what do you think has changed like since 1998, since the CISO became, you know, such an important role? Like what do you think has changed from their viewpoint, are they like, oh yeah, technology, totally, we'll do whatever, we'll pay whatever. Like, yeah. it's still, it's still like an argument or a fight to be like, listen, security is important. You have to take this stuff seriously, or you're going to end up paying some hacker. Yeah, like, and and the mistake was like like with technology the same way is when it was when it first came in, it was it's a very technical thing, and so, um, you know, the board members and the executives glossed over, and and they were like <laughs> kind of like oh, the yeah, Supreme whatever, Court you know? when they were talking to and, Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, and when it when it when it costs too much money, then they just cut you off and you right. couldn't do what you needed to do. Over time, what's evolved is uh, the CISOs have become uh, much more business uh, uh, oriented and right. much more business astute. Yeah, and so. So uh, we, we started talking more in terms of the risk. Um, we're hopefully changing this idea that if you go to the security office, they're going to just tell you no. Yeah. And instead, they're going to understand, they're going to advise you. But in the end, the business makes the decision if they want to accept that risk or not. Right. right. Um, so that's a kind of a change in character and philosophy. The new wave, in my opinion, uh, my opinion only, I guess, well, maybe somebody agrees with me, we'll see, <laughs> is that... We now have to take the step from being, hey, we're supporting the business to, no, we're part of, we are the business. Right. Everything is secure. So we are the business. That's one. And then the second is security leaders have to be sales leaders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have to find a way to monetize security and to make security a driving force on the sales team to Build revenue. And make it attractive. Make it attractive. Do you think a lot of it is it's the whole chicken little thing? Like, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. They're like, oh, my God, I do not have time for you. Please leave. Yeah. Is that a lot of it or... Well, that the whole idea of fear, uncertainty, uh-huh. doubt, yeah. the FUD idea only yeah. only works for a while. Yeah. It's much like you know when you when you punish children, right? And you know uh, certain punishments or threats only yes. work for a while, yes. and then all of a sudden they figure it out, uh, and so. The, the hard thing with security is if you go years and years without ever having an incident or an event, everybody starts getting complacent and they go, why are we spending all this money? And yeah. comfortable. Yeah. And comfortable. Why are we spending all this money? 
unfortunately, there is no 100% security yeah, nobody assurance. Nobody has the yeah. magic eight ball. That's yeah. going to tell and them. And so them. it's kind of like we talk in Texas about there's only two kinds of houses, those that have termites and those that, you know, have fixed the problem yeah. or will ha- and, and right. don't know about it. Right. And it's the same in security. There's, you know, for the most part, there are companies that uh, either, you know, uh, have been hacked or that are being hacked mm-hmm. and don't know it. Right. Yeah. Um, well, it was like uh, there was a girl, not a, uh, sorry, not a girl, a woman there mm-hmm. yesterday at the event who's been in cyber for like 10 years and she's been selling it. And she used um, the analogy of like, you know, the difference between like selling technology or IT versus selling, you know, cyber is essentially like, you know, the difference between selling refrigerators and insurance. Like someone can see that they need a refrigerator. Sure, I have food, I need to put it in the refrigerator, I'll buy a refrigerator. Mm-hmm. But buying insurance is like I can't like I can't see it. It's right. kind of like buying faith. Like yeah, yeah. I can't see it. Where is it at? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 proving the negative, mm-hmm. you know. It's uh and so, you know, we we go through lots of and this is again CISO's job is we go through a lot of effort to um, identify where those risks might be to try and assign some kind of value to those risks in terms of what it would cost if it happened. Yeah. And what's the likelihood that it's going to happen? Yeah. And, and, you know, there are a bunch of different ways to come to that conclusion, but come up with something that you can then show to the board and the executives that says, you know, we're here at this spot mm-hmm. on the graph of likelihood against dollars. Mm-hmm. We're here now. Um, if, if we don't do anything and we're trending into the red where it could be really dangerous and really impactful, like shut down the company impactful. Right. And that's what, it, that's what happened to my, to my yeah. client's company. And we have to spend this money. And if we spend this money, it's going to shift us a little bit into the safe zone. Right. And, and you don't want to spend so much money that you're down here where there's no likelihood and no impact because yeah. that's a waste of money. So there's this balance that goes on. Right. And, and there's a consideration for... Um, you know, uh, when you go out to dinner at night, what do you have an appetite for? And it's the same thing with companies. What kind of appetite does the board and the, and the executives that are driving the company, yep. what's their appetite for mm-hmm. risk? What are they willing to accept? Right. Yeah. And then there's the flip side of that is risk tolerance. What are they able to tolerate? So you might have executives that are saying, oh, yeah, yeah we can do that. We, no problem. That's not that big a risk. It's a risk we need to take for the money. But... If that event actually occurred uh, quickly, could the company live through it? Right, mm. and that's a that's that balance the between tolerance and appetite. Yeah. 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 So, how'd you get into this? Well, so uh, you talked about the uh, the the whole idea of changing from technology. So I was in software development for years, ex military, but then went into software, did software development, did consulting, did all that stuff. So I was on the software side for yeah. a long time. And then moved over in infrastructure delivery, mm-hmm. um, you know, Dell, Experian, those folks like that, and uh, actually, uh, you know, managed the delivery of all of the servers and firewalls and all that kind of stuff, network stuff, out to customers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually, uh, kind of saw the handwriting on the wall, the wall, which is you know, security and risk and all these kinds of things are the place to be. Yeah. And it's the future. Future, for bigger sure. market. For employment uh, opportunity um, and just flat out fun. Yeah, okay. uh, you know it's a fun, I, I like it's a fun job. Um, and so uh, three or four years ago, even though security had always kind of reported to me in the different yeah. jobs I had, yeah, um, I wasn't the primary 
owner of it. I was a, a tier up owner, you okay. know, a, a level up owner. Right. So uh, I said, no, you know, I want to go do it for real and got the opportunity to go uh, uh, for real, do it, build a program out from scratch, went and did all the certifications. Um, what are those? What oh, are the, gosh, what are the, uh, uh, so there's a certified CISO. Right. Um, there's a certified information system security professional, CISSP. CISSP, yeah. There's a CISM, certified information security manager. There's a C-RISC, which is Certified <laughs> Risk and Information Security Controls. Okay. Um, there's there's all kinds of real specialized. There's sure. a CISA, which is Certified Information Security Audit. Yeah. Um, and then you get into what I would call um, kind of subject-specific. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I'm working on certified cloud security professional just for fun. Yeah. You know, just for funsies. Just for funsies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, 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 but then you, you can go to, to, uh, if you're a penetration tester, mm-hmm. which, Pen testing, yeah, 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 that's the guys that we pay, you know, in a white hat kind of capacity to come in and test. Can okay. they really break it? Can they hack us? Can they break it? Pretty much us? like the, the nice guy hackers. Yeah. 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 And they call those white hat hackers. Right. Um, uh, as opposed to black hat being the more criminal element or okay. hacktivism. That's another word. Hacktivism. Right. Activism for by hackers. You know? Okay. They're doing it for political beliefs or personal beliefs as opposed to money. Okay. Um, hashtag Russia. Hashtag Trump. Well, and, and when you talk about <laughs> hashtag Russia, now you're talking about nation state. Yep. You know, China, Russia, North Korea, yada, 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 like yeah. that. So, but there are specialized areas for that. Forensics has certifications and forensics is... Something happened. Now let me dig into the computer and try and figure out where, why it happened, where it happened. Find the evidence and follow the trail. Like yeah. CSI Cyber. Right. If you've ever Isn't seen the show. Isn't that crazy? It's like yeah. a whole world that we like have no idea about. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. yeah. So well, I definitely all these certifications don't. like that. IT is the same way though. Oh, I know. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. like. Uh, I have a, like an ITIL expert, so service yeah. management. ITIL, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, project management professional. PMP. Um, yeah, Lean Six Sigma Black Belt. They're yeah. just all over the map, yeah. you know. And, With uh, all the certifications and stuff. It doesn't mean, to, to be careful, it doesn't mean that the person really knows anything. It only means that, that they, they, they answered the right questions. I was going to say they yeah. can pass yeah. the test. Yeah. So, yeah. okay, and a little bit of a shift because we have like 15 minutes left until it's an hour, but... Um, so I want to talk about why you think that STEM and tech and cyber is not appealing to women or why there are not more women in tech. Well, I, my personal opinion is it's because we, we don't, as a probably as a society as a whole and maybe individually, have not done as great a job as we could of introducing tech. To, early. Er, yeah, early, yeah, early. I mean, early, early. Do they get some gameplay and some things like that? Yeah, but um, do they get... Uh, involved in things like uh, uh, capture the flag contests, which is a contest for, and they do it at kids level, they do it at adult level too, yeah. where you go in and you're given puzzles to solve and problems to solve, digital computer kinds of things, or uh, a, a flag that you have to go capture, a, a particular thing in a network somewhere or on a server somewhere that yeah. you work as a team or you work individually and you spend the whole day and possibly several days going into achieve this to acquire that that flag. piece of yeah, yeah, the whatever, flag. yeah. yeah. Um, and those are gaming things that uh, they have for youth and kids that I just don't think we 
we put it in front of We definitely don't because I've never yeah. heard of it. Yeah, yeah, me neither. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so th- I think that's that's part of it. Um, and I don't know if there's any any a lot of other play with, you know, as you get into high school, are we not again uh, educating that direction? Are we not recruiting in the right direction? It's got to happen we, you know, before then because yeah. I think oftentimes girls um, even by the time ninth grade rolls around, yeah. they've already decided. I mean, it doesn't mean that they know clearly what they want to do and what they want to become, but oftentimes they have a very clear opinion about the fact that they don't like science and they don't like math and they don't mm-hmm. like anything technical yeah. by the time it's ninth grade runs around. And, and I think it's because they're not introduced to it in a way that's fun. Yeah, It's yeah. very tactical and technical and mm-hmm. so they just kind of turn away from it versus making it a game yeah and 100%. I, think, I think part of it can be uh, and i just had that conversation with my 12 year old granddaughter mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago we actually had a, a car breakdown truck breakdown and so we had to sit waiting for the tow truck for about three hours in the convenience store so we sat around and talked about things like that that's good and, uh, we talked about well you're too young to decide what you want to be right but what are some of the things that you just don't think you like? Yeah. And so we started omitting a bunch of things. And in the end, she finally, instead of saying, I don't know, I don't know, teenage, I don't know, I don't know. She, she said, well, I think I want to be one of these four things. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. So here's the pros and cons of these four things. And one of them, thankfully, in my opinion, because she loves to draw anime was a graphic artist, graphic designer. Mm, Very cool. Very cool idea. Um, so, um, I think, we, we may not also, um, I don't know, I, there's, I, don't, I haven't read the science behind it or anything, but my experience has been, and, and this is not a, uh, this is a generality at best. Yeah. My experience has been through the years and years and years of programmers working for me is that most of the time, if, if a woman is programming and doing the analytics for me, mm-hmm. way more thorough way more kind of I want to make detailed. sure everything is good yeah. and detailed and you know dot the i's cross the t's way way more analysis goes on guys on the other hand again big generality yeah tend to be gunslingers you know it's like oh you want that shirt boot here it is or, uh <laughs> did, what, how did you test it where's your analytics where's your you know right tendency only so don't take that as like I'm saying that's gospel. But right. is, is there that, some of that going on? Well, and I wonder too, is that because that's like an innate characteristic of a female or is that the female saying, I'm alone in this industry, in this field. I better make sure this shit is right. Stuff yeah. is right. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I'm going to double check everything, dot all my I's and cross, cross all my T's because I want to make sure they take me seriously here. Yeah. It, so it I wonder. Be. Did you ever, did you uh, hear about or read James Damore's uh, memo from Google? about women in tech and women in STEM. I don't recall that, no. So it was it was a really good article. I didn't read the whole thing. I started it. It was kind of long. Yeah. <laughs> and it's technology. But um, he was talking about like how to get women to be interested in how to introduce those things. And he essentially, which this is like kind of off topic, but he essentially got in trouble and was asked to leave Google because of it. Yeah, you, you probably that, heard about yeah, it, yeah. yeah. And it was like, man, like he's trying to help and incentivize like companies, that's what that's what I was going to ask you about. But incentivize companies to get women interested and involved, and in how to appeal them to be more, you know, because they want to diversify too. They want women to be, you know, mm-hmm. we want it to be like a collaborative environment where men and women can work together. That's what I was going to ask you too. Is like, so uh, Oracle has started like a high school mm-hmm. where they're essentially training people to one day be employees, to where they kind of 
not necessarily have to skip college, but they get the on the job work training that they need. Like, what do you, how do you feel about that? Like companies that are like creating education systems. Well, I think it's an awesome idea because I think we have, um, in some ways abuse the idea that everybody's got to go to college. 100%. Yes. I mean, not everybody is right for college. That's college right. is a really weird scenario. No, and you've um, got people walking out with and, loads of debt yeah, yeah. with degrees. They aren't really applicable to anything. I think so. the problem isn't necessarily college. Like I don't think the problem is higher education or focused education. I think the issue is companies are not talking to colleges are not talking to high schools and they're not creating career paths for people. They're just like, Oh yeah, by the way, go to high school, graduate, go, go to, to college, college. graduate, be, be graduate <laughs> just, but with no clear path like what is your goal why are you going there why are you investing this money and instead they're like sure we'll take all your money and big corporations aren't working together with those education systems to say like hey this is the job market this is what's in demand this is where you're gonna like if you graduate high school if you graduate college you'll come out making this much money if you choose to go down this career path why are they not doing and, that? And that's a great idea, too, what, what you're saying Oracle's doing, because if you think about it in terms of the argument that goes on between, uh, you know, true capitalism and true uh, programs right. of some sort, like that giveaway programs from yeah. the, the, the federal level, um, why make taxpayers directly fund, um, you know, April going to college to be a right. cybersecurity person, yeah. if Oracle will... Uh, let the taxpayers fund it through revenue. Right. Like that makes so much sense. Yeah, and you kind of yeah. eliminate the middleman, yeah. which is probably an issue because whatever money. Yeah. But yeah, it, it just blows my mind. I'm like, why are more? So somebody I was talking, I was having this conversation with someone before and they were like, no, I think it's a conflict of interest for them to have school systems. I'm like, why? These people need jobs. Like, yeah. it's not like we, you can go come out of school and be like, oh yeah, by the way, <laughs> That was a fun four years. I'm not going to do anything with yeah, it. Like, I, no, I'm going to school to get a job. How we many people are working in your degree? Sure. How many people are actually working in their degree field? Yeah, exactly. Oh, my exactly. gosh. You know, very, very oh, few. my gosh. But yeah. uh, you, you brought up an interesting point about how uh, the gentleman from Google was kind of, you know, attacked. Oh, for, for sure. For, for just talking about oh, some yeah. ideas. And um, but look at what we do in general. Uh, notwithstanding all that goes on in social media, yeah. that's just a, 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 a cesspool shark feeding bin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, think about breaches. So in the last week or so, you've been listening to all the Capital One discussion. Yeah. And we're getting some turn to people going, "Well, Capital One ought to be fined for this, and Capital One ought to." Well, first of all, we don't know there was any negligence, so. They're a victim of a crime right mm-hmm. now. Right. So why are we re-victimizing Capital One? Because we would it's never a corporation. Do, but right. we, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we would never do that to um, uh, an assault victim. Right. Right. So victim shaming or victim blaming. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. So why would we victim shame companies that are providing a valuable service and and supporting our economy? Unless, of course, we find negligence. That's all right. That's a different thing. But that's yeah. what they were talking about with Experian, too. Equifax. Equifax. Sorry. Just because there's Wrong an company. E and an X right. in there doesn't mean it's the same company. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> different one. Yeah. But, I mean, the same line, yes. right? They have they hold everyone's information, mm-hmm. and they were only fined $700 million. Yeah. 
And 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 they there was you. It's not gross negligence, but there was, in my opinion, some kind of form of negligence because yeah. they had the ability to patch to protect themselves, mm-hmm. and they did not do it. Exactly. So they should have been fined. They way should have been fined something. Uh, but and and the funny thing about that is, look at the and it's a settlement. It's not really a fine, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a settlement because there's this idea of mutually assured destruction that mm-hmm. if, if they go to court to a suit, they probably won't survive. But the economy and and the government's not yeah. going to survive either in, right. in that respect. So right. this mutually assured destruction says let's settle. And the interesting thing about the settlement that was accepted is out of seven hundred million, mm. six hundred and sixty nine million of that is we're going to give you free credit. Yeah, free credit monitoring. Well, free credit monitoring is nothing but written off as a marketing expense. Right. right. Because they'd have done that anyway. They'd have given away a bunch of free credit monitoring, <laughs> maybe not that much. Right. Only $31 million goes to impact. Right. Wow. If everybody that was breached files that claim. Yeah. How much money do they get? $0.21. Cents. I was about to say, oh that's exactly what they said. They said that so many people stand to file against yeah. it for their, quote unquote, what's, what's supposed to be $125. $125 minimum. No. Yeah, not even. Not even close. Wow. Yeah. Um, wow, interesting Isn't stuff. Yeah. Like that's that's I I'm telling you, the conversation that we had yesterday, I was like, you got to come on my podcast. Yeah. Well, plus you've been on like a few before. I have. Yeah. I have. I've done a couple with uh, James Azar with uh, Cyberhub Engage, right. which is a really good podcast and uh, and uh, just did a premiere episode with uh, Grant Asplund from uh, Checkpoint Software. Okay. He yeah. just uh, premiered his new uh, podcast called Talking Cloud. Yeah. So it's everything about the cloud. I subscribed to like all that. the ones that you told me to yesterday, and I was actually really impressed. Kimberly needs well, to go look I at Darknet Diaries. What is it? Darknet Diaries. Darknet I can't wait to listen diaries. to that. I'm going to listen to that. That's more of a this. story form, a okay. gentleman named Jack Recider. And well, and the one that I listened to today was, what was that? With Goodbye Privacy. Yeah, that one was That's really James good. That's James Azar, Goodbye yeah. Privacy. Um, and then uh, he also does Cyberhub Engage. And then the other really, really good ones are uh, David Spark and Alan Alford do Defense in Depth. Yeah, okay. And then uh, David Spark and Mike Johnston do uh, CISO Vendor Relationship Series. Okay. Uh, now that's going to be more uh, sure. oriented to CISOs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just love, I love Dark Knight Diaries. It's I'm just excited fun, about that one. You know? oh, yeah, I can't Because it's all these stories of... Um, hacks or breaches from yes. the dark net and yeah. how they social engineered their way into a company by pretending to be this person or that person or whatever. And yeah. it's really I definitely need to stuff. listen to that one. So I will be stuff. paying more close attention. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Then we're going to be like hermits. We're going to be like, I'm not yeah. leaving my bubble. I'm going to chill. I got a God. long way to go before we'll, that happens. We'll, we'll make you cyber folks yet. Yeah, <laughs> man, I'm already buying in. This is cool. So thanks for coming on. My pleasure. I mean, anytime. honestly, yeah. I would have never even thought to have this topic mm-hmm. at all. And wow, so eye-opening. And I really think right. a lot of people would be interested Great. as well. I, I appreciate yeah. it. I, I really love the conversation. And, uh, you know, we talked about we can go so many directions. You really so, can, uh, yeah. So if ever and it's hard you support to stay again, let me know. In yeah. an hour. Well, yeah. and you can definitely, we'll have you back on too. And yeah. um, if you want to, you can, you know, announce on the podcast that you're like in the market for your next CISO position if you'd like to. Oh, yeah, yeah I'd love okay. to. I, absolutely. I, it's uh, I'm out looking. Um, Got to find that next role. Um, you know, want to help uh, build another program or help mature a program, um, you know, pretty broad background. And, and uh, I would generally say kind of different views on how to approach being a CISO. Security leaders or sales leaders, right. monetizing security, yeah. 
you know, risk first, uh, cannot say no, those kinds of things are, are somewhat unique. And know? are you guys industry specific? Like if you've worked in a certain industry, you're more attractive to another organization that's in a similar industry or is it kind of well, across the board? You would be, but it's, it, it is pretty, uh, it is pretty, uh, horizontal. You can okay. move across uh, any industry and I've been in multiple industries and then, uh, some CISOs have preference to industry too, gotcha, okay. where you get to the really, uh, kind of unusual industries is when you start going out like to retail potentially, yeah. it's, it's, you know, you have all this point of sale stuff they have right, to deal with okay. different. Yeah. Um, if you go to things like maybe oil and gas, they're going to, it's going to be a little bit unique, Sure. but most, a lot of the companies are going to be either FinTech, financial tech, okay. or they'll be like marketing technology where I came from, or they will be technology of some sort. Okay. Makes sense. That's a broad scope there. You know, you might get insurance banking, but now it's still kind of the same thing. Got yeah. you. How does somebody find you if they are interested in reaching out um, about a position or? Yeah, the easiest way is to go to LinkedIn. Okay. And you can search for me as Patrick Benoit, B-E-N-O-I-T. Okay. Um, or actually the link is the www.linkedin.com slash in okay. slash Patrick L. Benoit. Got so, it. Uh, that's the best way, and I'm always happy to talk with people, um, sure. you know, work with people, collaborate, mentor, help, however I can. So. Are you open to consulting or Absolutely. just direct to Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was a consultant for about 15 years or okay. so, and I love it. Um, doing advisory work is, is a lot of fun. Um, and so, yeah, I'm open to that, projects, whatever, whatever's out there for now. Very cool. We wish awesome. you luck. Thank yeah, you find much. something And thank soon. you. Yeah, thank yeah. you. It was my pleasure. I really very enjoyed cool. it. Well, go find us, biggirlpantspod.com, um, and subscribe and leave us a review. We love reviews. Yes, thank you. Thanks. Bye, everybody. Bye.